What's up, party people? Welcome to Ditch the Ick, a podcast all about navigating dating, career, and honestly, life in general as a millennial. I'm your host, Katie Carson, 30-something avid dater and entrepreneur. Y'all, I'm back, bitches. I hope everybody had a wonderful holiday season. I hope you showed up like the feral girls that you are and maybe caused a little chaos. Maybe fucked shit up a little bit. I don't know. I was at my sister's, so I was able to be my natural feral self, which was absolutely lovely. But during my little, I took a couple weeks off. We recorded my end of year, and that was two parts. And then I just took a couple weeks off. You'll see that social is quiet, and I at the time I needed to hibernate for a bit. But while I was hibernating, I did make it a point to connect with several friends who I hadn't talked to in a while. And naturally, it was the end of the year, so we were all reevaluating our life choices, every single one of them, personally, professionally. Many were looking for new jobs, many were going for promotions, many were looking at their dating year in review like I did. And while I was having these conversations with one friend in particular, I had a realization that gave me the the biggest ick, y'all, the biggest ick that I then discussed with my therapist yesterday. As one does, shout out Sunshine City Counseling, not sponsored. I realized how much job hunting is like dating, especially in your 30s and 40s, and especially if you struggle with a scarcity mindset. I don't know about y'all. I've talked a lot about my childhood and how I've grown up, and one of the parts of that was this scarcity mindset that there was never going to be enough or that I wouldn't get a piece of whatever or that sort of thing. That scarcity mindset. If I don't jump on this now, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do this again. I decided to come up with a list and talk through the ways that they are the same. And you can let me know your thoughts and if you agree or not, because I think this is my New Year's epiphany, you guys. I don't like to do a lot of stuff around New Year's because one, it's still winter and I'm still hibernating. And two, I'm not going to keep it. Let's be real. I'm not going to start shit or really know what I want to do until March. So this is what I did instead. (laughs) And don't let anybody make you feel like you have to have so many resolutions or different types of resolutions or make big fucking changes just because one year ended and another began. It's bullshit. It's still winter. Hibernate, be feral, do whatever you choose. Anyways, so number one on the list, it is absolutely exhausting. Both job hunting and dating. You have to juggle 10 sites and terrible user experiences and review and look at hundreds of profiles or job descriptions that all eventually start to look the same. If you've seen one, bro, you've seen them all. If you've seen one marketing job description, you've seen them all. And it just all starts to blur together. And all does. And the user experiences are terrible, right? Like some of them you have to apply through LinkedIn. You have to upload your resume and then type out all of the information that you just uploaded, which in 2024 is absolutely batshit to me. Just absolutely banana sandwich. Shout out to Jersey for making banana sandwich a part of my everyday vocabulary. It's just wild to me. And the Abby's are experiences. We've talked a lot about that on my 
definitive ranking for 2023 of my favorite apps and why I liked each one and what I didn't like about each one. And I feel like if we could somehow combine the good things of each one of them and pull them together, it'd be great. But I feel like most of the job search sites look like they were built in 1984 and have never been updated. That's how the user experience is, in my mind. So, you know, you're going through all of these and they are just all looking the same. You are in a spot where you feel like you need to change. So you start swiping, you start applying, you even start doing it to the ones you don't even want. Because what if this is your only chance at happiness? What if this is your only the only job opportunity you are going to get. But I do believe with both dating and job applications, it's a numbers game. We talked about that with Sarah Williams and how the conversion rate in marketing in like business and entrepreneurship is like two to five percent, depending on the method in the market. But you do have to cast a wide net. There is a bit of a numbers game. But you also have to be intentional with the net that you're casting. Because if you're just applying to what the fuck ever, you're going to get what the fuck ever back. When I was trying to leave the CIA, I was told I had my cover rolled back and I was able to put it on my resume. And I was told, oh, you've got this on your resume. You'll get a job like that. No props. I applied to 400 jobs. Do you know how many I heard back from that weren't door-to-door, office-to-office, like sales positions disguised as event positions. I applied to at least 400, at least 400 jobs, and I kept track. And you know how many I heard back from? Maybe 0.25%. And most of those were, in fact, door-to-door sales. And I feel like that's, it's like the same thing with dating, right? Maybe 0.25% of the people you actually connect with or match with, or maybe it's 0.25% you actually match with, right? Let's go with that. Maybe the once you've matched, the conversation rate or the conversion rate is a little bit higher, but it's disheartening. It's disheartening. And what happens is you don't hear from them at all, right? You don't know if you match or you match and you hear nothing, or you get no response on the jobs at all. Like outside of the confirmation that you applied, you get diddly squat. Those you do hear back from are usually a thanks but no thanks, or you hear back from them a year later. I was working on leaving my corporate job beginning in like the summer of 22. I am still getting rejection emails to jobs that I applied for then that I'm just now hearing back from. Maybe they're not actually hiring or they have somebody internal in mind. And maybe it's the same thing with your dating life. Maybe that person is actually marrying you or they're just keeping their options open. They're just trying to have a roster. It's just, it's bananas. Or some part of the screening process might give you the egg. Some of the questions they might ask you either in a pre-hire questionnaire or in your screening call with HR may immediately be a little bit of a red flag. Or maybe somebody opens a message with a dick pic. Obvious red flag. Clearly. You're in these conversations. You're trying to keep things going. That's like the initial interview process. But then you get strung along on a bunch of interviews. If you're lucky. Just to find out one or several things. For instance, they're super micromanagey or unbelievably clingy. They're stage five clingers. 
the pay, the ROI is not what you thought it would be, aka that person shows their true colors. Or you get like breadcrumbs for a few weeks. Oh, yeah, we're still thinking about you. Yeah, we're still our top candidate, but we've got to legally, we have to interview so many people. Or, yeah, of course, I'd love to get with you, but then no plans are ever made. Or you get completely ghosted. It's one or the other. I don't know how much of this I'm allowed to share. Actually, I do because she told me I could share it because we were joking about it. We were talking about her mindset when she was applying and it with one role in particular. She was pretty sure she was close to getting an offer. She had listed me as a reference. We had worked together in a capacity related to the job to which she was applying, but the context was a little, the timing was a little different then. But then this employer calls me and starts giving me the fucking third degree about what I do, who I am, what's my website. And I'm telling you, this guy deep fucking died from my email address that she gave him. He went to my website, found my LinkedIn, decided it didn't match what she had said, and then kept asking me questions trying to catch me out. And mind you, she and I had worked together and we had traded professional services. And I don't list every time I do a project for somebody on my LinkedIn. As a freelancer, as an entrepreneur, it's not something I do. One, confidentiality is really important to me. But two, it's also just fucking tedious. It's fucking tedious. So anyways, this guy is what capacity is this? What do you do? I see this and this on your LinkedIn profile. And I was like, sir, am I the one getting a job? Like, it, it was just absolutely ridiculous, the level of screening this guy did. First of all, if you're a founder and a CEO, you shouldn't have that much fucking time on your hands. Just going to throw that out there. If something is giving you a question mark and you can't resolve it, just move on. Just move on. As Olivia said in episode, I don't know, six, seven, eight, somewhere in there, the attachment episode... If it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And that goes for both jobs and relationships. It's not just about dating. It's about if this job is not a hell yes, I'm excited for this opportunity. And it's a hell yes, I'll take it because I'm desperate and I don't know if anything else is going to come along. It's a fucking no. So let's say you get through the background check. You have done your due diligence on that other person, right? Like you've made sure there's no felonies. You've made sure there's no violent history no secret wives or children or back child support. So you get an offer. So you panic. You absolutely panic. What if this is the only opportunity you get? Isn't it better just to take something now just in case another offer never comes along? What if I'm waiting forever? What if three months in, like, they realize I'm full of shit? What if I'm too much? What if I'm not enough? Or... What if three months in, you realize this place, this job, this relationship is an absolute fucking shit show? Isn't it better? Isn't it better to wait for a hell yes than to find yourself back where you started? And then even if you get that promotion or job or you get into that relationship, you find that partner and it's everything you thought it would be, you still don't trust that it will last. You treat every single day as if you are about to be fired or broken up with. It It's, oh, this is it. 
this is it. I'm getting fired every time your manager pings you. And we all know that this is a thing that we all experience, like at least 90% of us experience because there's a shit ton of memes and TikToks about it. Okay. That millennial urge to, as soon as you get a ping, get a meeting, get anything from your manager, it's fuck it. I'm fired. I'm done. I'm absolutely done. But what if it actually works out? You know what I mean? What if you're so busy worried about this thing going away because obviously it can't stay because there's just not enough. What if you're so worried about that you don't actually get to enjoy the person you're spending time with? You don't get to enjoy learning a new job, learning a new company, learning like you don't get to enjoy and look back at your growth and where you've come from. And so this is like my advice to you. Technically, it's Olivia's advice. Love you. If it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Whether it is a job opportunity, whether it is somebody you're seeing you're just not sure about, don't continue to allow something to take up space that is not an absolute hell yes. Life is way too fucking short. Those of us in our, who, who are millennials and Gen X, We've lived through fucking how many ends of the world, how many apocalypses, how many wars, how many once-in-a-lifetime events. If there's one thing we know, and maybe this is why we have the scarcity mindset, right? Because we know our time is limited. Because we know that opportunities don't come along every day or something could change in a heartbeat. But at the same time, it's that same knowledge that can drive us to be more present and to be intentional with the life that we are building. And I just, people think about scarcity mindset in relation to your finances most of the time, which is true, right? Especially if you grew up without a lot. I know my, we were a lot poorer when I was growing up than when my sister was, but the mindset was still there. The scarcity mindset was still there. There was never going to be enough. We just didn't know what we were going to do. So anyways, it just doesn't impact your finances. It can have a deeply profound impact on your career, on your relationships, on any aspect of your life. On your relationship with food. Fucking A, man. There's just so many ways it impacts your life. The one thing outside of the if I start telling us, it's a hell no. I want you to take away from this today is that it is better to stick to your standards, to stick to your values, to know what you want and what you don't want, than to settle for something less than or something that isn't an actual good fit just because you're afraid it's the last chance or the only opportunity, whether career relationship. I have learned that lesson more times than I care to admit, especially mostly when it comes to my career, because let's be honest, we're just starting to learn to be vulnerable and like actually feel feelings. But I've gotten myself into some really shitty situations professionally that then ended up being terrible financially because I jumped at the first gig I got offered. I was so tired of interviewing and applying and being ghosted and desperate for a change and for stability. And I felt victim to that mindset of if the door opens, obviously it's the right door. 
Because oftentimes there really was only one door, maybe two that opened. And sometimes it was the right job, but most of the time it wasn't. It's not the move, y'all. Fucked me up six ways from Sunday, let me tell you. With a scarcity mindset, there is never enough. And now I'm going to be singing that song from Greatest Showman for the rest of the night. You're welcome. There's never enough money. There's never enough love. There's never enough jobs. There's never enough time. Or you're never enough. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Absolutely none of that is true. And I have to remind myself of that almost every minute of the day. It's hard to believe, especially when it's so ingrained in you to believe that there's not enough to go around, that we have to compete for the same clients, the same jobs, the same everything, because there's not enough to go around. But it's bullshit. In spite of what the world would lead you, lead you to believe, there is enough to go around. There are enough jobs. There are enough opportunities for you to provide for yourself. There are enough opportunities for you to find or not find whatever you want, the relationship you want. There are enough opportunities for you to live the life of your dreams, for you to build an intentional life. There's enough. And you are enough. Right now, no changes, no resolutions, no goals. You, right where you're at right now, you're enough. You're lovable. And I just feel like that's what I wanted to tell you guys. I wanted to remind you of that, especially at a time when the world is pushing us to change, to do more, to be more, to make more, to date more. Just do whatever the fuck you want, but be intentional about it. So that's it for this week. I wasn't really realizing how much that would tie into New Year's, but here we are. Here we are. Next week, I am so, so thrilled to have clinical sexologist and sex coach Denise Holler on the pod. We both have the ADHD, so you'll definitely need to buckle up for some off-topic conversations, but it's going to be great. I do feel like Denise is going to be a recurring guest, so if you have questions you want to ask her after this episode, you want us to have a listener questions episode, I would love to do that with her at some point and you can send those in on our instagram to our email instagram's at ditch the pod email stitch the pod at gmail.com and it's going to be a really good episode we're looking to break down the stigmas this year we're going to talk a lot about our sexuality we're going to talk a lot about our bodies and our health and how we can make it a priority even if the american medical system does not or the American America in general does not. But I'll see you guys next time. Thanks for joining us on Ditch the Ick. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Ditch the Ick Pod. You can shoot us DMs, listener stories. In our highlights, you'll see some listener story prompts. You can share them with us anonymously or with your name. It's up to you. But we always love to connect and get to know you on social. And if you haven't already, head to patreon.com slash ditch the egg. 
you'll see a couple of different levels where you can subscribe and get access to exclusive content, get early access to the videos. In some cases, you get first dibs on listener stories. So make sure you head over there and subscribe. It really helps keep this going. If you're looking to join the community, meet some other single people, maybe you meet some new friends, share your thoughts, comments, responses to the episode, you can head over to Facebook. We've got a free private group called Ditch the Ick, and it's going to be a really safe space for us to share our stories, connect, and make friends.